At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wednesday, March 16th, welcome to the Just Baseball Show. Aram, yesterday was so awesome, and today has not been so awesome. Of course, this is coming (laughs) the next day. We're recording Tuesday at 5.47 p.m. Eastern. It's the rumor mill because we don't have any real big deals to talk about. It's like they're teasing us right now. Yeah, well, which is funny though, Peter, because like I know it, bro. I know we're gonna finish recording. You're gonna we're gonna publish the podcast, and then something's gonna happen, and I'm gonna text you and be like, dude, dude. <laughs> that's what it always ends up happening. Uh, but no, there's so many things that are still. It's funny because each domino falls, and then it has implications. Like Olson going to Atlanta yeah. now means okay, Freeman is definitely on the open market because I think. We were talking about Freeman going elsewhere, but at the same time, I don't know about you. I still didn't believe it was actually going to happen. I was, I would have, I would have put, if you had me pick, I would have picked the Braves 10 out of 10 times. I just, I didn't believe it would happen. So like now we're seeing the dominoes fall. I'll take that in the chest. I, you and I predicted the Braves. I will stand on that mountain every single time. I still thought he would still go to the Braves, no matter what the Dodgers said. And it makes sense, right? It seems that it was, of course, a business decision. And we're going to talk about a lot of Freddie Freeman rumors. But I think the big story, because we're going to talk about Freddie Freeman in a minute. The big story is Matt Olson signing the eight-year extension worth $168 with these Atlanta Braves. Came really quick. He's an Atlanta native, so it even makes sense that he would want to find a home there. But I'm looking at this, and I know he passed two years of arbitration, so it's going to be a little bit less expensive. But it was still a steal again, dude. The Braves do this every single time. How do they do it? That's the question. It's not why did they do it. It's clear why they did it. He's one of the best first basemen, but how do they keep doing it? Alex Anthopoulos leverages arbitration better than anybody out there. I mean, it's some guys will turn down those contracts, right? Like Albies took the guaranteed money with a lot of years of arbitration. I mean, we saw the same thing with Acuna uh, because they wanted that money up front. In this instance, Olsen still got a bag, but they had two years of leverage where they knew, you know, Olsen knows I'm only going to make only quote unquote going to make 10 to $12 million in arbitration. Now I sign this contract. I'm going to make double that over the next two years, but I'm giving up a little bit on the back end. Win-win for both teams. You're not giving Freddie Freeman eight years, right? He, he would be 40 at the end of that deal, maybe 41. Yes. So, and Freeman wanted a contract up until his late thirties. Now you're golden because you have your first baseman for eight years plus now. And I, honestly, we just, I think what it boils down to Pete is like, we didn't think Alex Anthopoulos was this ruthless. 
He is ruthless. It is a baseball savvy move. I know he, he got choked up talking about, yeah. um, you know, and, and I'm sure it was a really tough decision. But I mean, Freddie Freeman's going to be just fine. He's going to get his bag. I know it's hard to leave Atlanta, but it's a Freddie Freeman decision, too. You know, I it mean, I, they came and they offered Freddie Freeman a contract. Freeman knows he's going to get more. And so he opted to go get more. The, the Braves on their end knew that they could get somebody for longer and a little bit cheaper. And they opted to do that. It's not all the Braves. It's, it's a mutual decision here. And, you know, they both did what's in their personal best interest. That's what happens sometimes in life and in baseball. It's exactly what happens. And it's not like Freddie took this hometown discount to come back to the Braves. He's looking to make his money. And, and the Braves and, and, saw that right. good for both sides. You know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. So Andrew yeah. McCutcheon moving on to another deal. So what we're going to do is we're going to move through all the deals that happened today. Not that many, just to play spoiler, there aren't that many, but the rumor <laughs> mill is starting to pick up. So the next deal on the slate is Andrew McCutcheon signing a one-year deal with the Brewers. And I put out on Twitter, I like the deal. They need like a center it. fielder like that. And Andrew McCutcheon, that veteran presence, you know, he wasn't that great offensively last year, but moving over to Milwaukee, guys can certainly hit there. I'm excited for the Brewers, but the thing is, they this cannot be the only bat that the Brewers add if they want to remain competitive. They still have probably the best rotation in baseball. Actually, yeah. I have a question for you. Jack and I were kind of debating about this Mets versus Brewers, or you could even Oof. throw the Blue Jays in there. You know, the Rays have an underrated rotation. There's a lot of good rotations, but I kind of went player by player, and I'm taking still Burns and Woodruff against DeGrom and Scherzer is not that far off. Uh, and then stage... Freddie is better than Bassett. And we also, and then now it gets to some muddy waters. Adrian Hauser and Aaron Ashby or Taiwan Walker and Carlos Carrasco? Oh my gosh. It's funny because like, I, I, I think the safe choice is the Brewers duo. But if Carrasco is the Carrasco, we know he can be. Uh, and, and Walker too. Those there's Walker. If I'm taking a rotation, I'm taking the Brewers because it's less volatile, it's less risky, and it's still going to be lights out. But in terms of upside, I mean, the Mets have the endless upside, right? So, but I would, I would lean Brewers. I, I think too. I'd take the youth. I'll take the guys that are getting better. I mean, Ashby gets better every time we see him. Peralta, I mean, he now that he's healthy again, looks better every time we see him. It, it's just scary. And, and what's scary is Woodruff and Burns still keep getting better. Uh, this is a rotation that's only going to continue to improve. What's interesting about McCutcheon, and I like this signing uh, because he doesn't need to play every day. He demolishes lefties. Mm -hmm. Lorenzo Cain doesn't need to play every day either. He deals with injuries. You can split that up timeshare-wise. McCutcheon's still fast, Pete. What I was shocked is when I checked the Savant page, 89th percentile in sprint speed. So no he's still it. able to give you a little bit of athleticism out there. And against lefties last year, he, he was non-competitive against righties. I assume they're almost going to shelter him from okay. righties. But 293 with 15 jacks against lefties and 164 at-bats. 15 home runs in 164 at-bats. That's insane. That's I mean, almost MVP level McCutcheon. Yeah, that's MVP. Seriously. If I he's mean, only facing lefties. So I love it. I love it. My only thing is, so we're about to go through a bunch of the list of free agents. Also, Keith Hembry signed with the Pirates. So that's technically a pitcher. And that's, and that's technically a team. They're adding it's a I team guess. and it's a player. It's a team and it's a player. 
The problem is with the Brewers is that they have not been connected to any of these big time bats, not Nick Castellanos, not Seiya Suzuki, not Trevor Story, not Freddie Freeman, not Carlos Correa. I've been going through the rumor mill and that's what this podcast is about. I haven't heard a lick about the Brewers being connected to any of these guys. Have you? No, no. And that's the interesting thing, right? Like, okay, how, how do they upgrade this offense? Like, Pete, are we sold on Rowdy Telez at first yeah. base? He was no. good last year, yeah. but are we, are we sold on Rowdy Telez at first? He was at the end of the day, like wasn't that great? Yeah, and then Hunter <laughs> and that's a Renfro spot. It's a Hunter Renfro spot. they got in the offseason. He should be a better bat than what they were getting from Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, I'm as good of a bat as Jackie Bradley Jr. So you know, you're getting anyone is a plus over there. But Jackie Bradley Jr. is of course great in center field. Not gonna. I'm not going to bash him that hard. That That's where his value comes through, but not as an offensive player. But you kind of look around the diamond, you know, Willie Adamas is a solid shortstop. He's going to be better with the Brewers again this year. You know, Luis Arias is another guy I like, 24-year-old young third base guy, could play second base as well. But there's not much. I mean, Omar Narvaez is a great catcher, good framer, but he's not that offensively gifted. Like, there's just not a lot there. And if the Brewers don't make a trade or they don't sign one of these big free agents, I don't know what to tell you. Because if they don't sign a free agent, then I'm not I'm not zooming them into a playoff picture when the Giants getting Rodon. I don't I don't see the Brewers making these playoffs. I don't know if they're better than the Cardinals if they don't add more bats. Yeah, I mean, I I know they want to be pitching centric and and that's one they're they're good there. And I think anytime you have a rotation like that you're in really good shape, but I, I, I agree with you. Like there's a level of concern offensively and it really ends up boiling down to what Christian Yelich are they going to get? If they're getting, and I'm not saying they need to get MVP Yelich. If they get all-star Yelich uh, now things look a hell of a lot different, but right now we're under the assumption that Yelich is, you know, a big question mark. And that's concerning. I do like the addition of Renfro. I think he's going to hit for some power there. Me too. I think a big a big X factor is Arias. I mean, people forget that he's he's going to be 25. He's still 24. Like he said, he's going to be 25 by opening day. Like he's still so young. So if young. he can take his game to another level, he started to do that last year. If he can take it up another notch, uh, it could be really interesting to see. You know what what that means for them. 111 WRC plus last year, 23 home runs. If he ticks that up even a little bit more, now I'm starting to believe. And then. Maybe they get something out of Keston Hira. Maybe, maybe Hira figures it out. That's a guy that I think everybody's forgot about. At one point, was one of the best prospects in baseball. So much offensive potential. Let's see what they get out of Hira. I don't think they're going to make any more moves, really, Peter. I think they love their pitching. They love their bullpen, and I think that they feel like Renfro was enough on top of McCutcheon and a healthy Lorenzo Cain, who missed most of last year. We'll see. I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if that's enough, but we'll move on to the rumor mill. Let's start with the big fish. Carlos Correa is still very available. We talked about it on yesterday's podcast. He might be looking for a one-year deal. And who might have told Carlos Correa he should get a one-year deal? Might it have been his agent, Scott Morris? Mm -hmm. Jack told us yesterday on the podcast that the problem is Carlos Correa switched agents so Boris won't get the large agent cut if Correa signs this 10-year, you know, $300, $350 million deal, whatever it is. He won't get the agent cut. So maybe is he going up to Carlos Correa and be like, hey, Correa, maybe take a one-year deal. I'll get you so much more, I promise. I promise. 
But then Jack, again, it, it was a great point yesterday. It's like you take the ACT and you get a 36 and then you go back and take it again in hopes to get a better score. He had the ultimate year before, yeah, his, before his walk year. I mean, his walk year, he had a great walk year. And yet, but I don't get it. But now the Astros are fully in on Carlos Correa, uh. fully back in on Carlos Correa because they think, and this is from John Morosi and Ken Rosenthal sent this out, that he could be looking at the highest annual AAV. I just said annual and then AAV in the same sentence. Annual, highest, annual, annual, <laughs> annual, annual. The highest AAV in shortstop history for one year. So that's the thing, right? Is okay. If Correa wants to bet on himself here, it's almost like Kirk Cousins with the franchise tag, and he just kept taking the franchise tag. And that's why Kirk Cousins, if you look at who's made some of the most money, it's Kirk, so Kirk much Cousins. <laughs> if he takes this deal, let's say they give him 45 mil, 50 mil, who knows, whatever they give him. And then he gets the same contract next year. You just squeezed out another 15, 20 million. But God forbid you get hurt. Uh, the guy has dealt with injuries. Yes. And I think that's what's going to dissuade him. I think he's, he's a confident guy that's willing to bet on himself. But like, let's be realistic here. You can't control injuries. I, there's, I mean, you can do things to prevent it. But at the end of the day, anything can happen. I think it's something worth considering. I think if you and I were in this position, right? Like we're, we're guys that like to think about things. Correa is a smart dude. Like he likes to think about it. I'm sure he's kicking the tires on it, but ultimately you think about it long enough. I just don't see how you could justify it. Um, and I mean, look at Fernando Tatis. I'm not yeah. saying Correa is going to be whipping motorcycles, but I mean, <laughs> Pete Alonso, God forbid, getting a car. Like you don't know what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, totally Take right. the seven to eight, nine years, lock it up and you're good. Uh, yeah, you could squeeze out 10, 20, 30 million. Is it really worth it at that point? The thing is, who even has the money and has the positional need to give him this type of contract? And that's why I've always been like, I don't know if Carlos Correa is truly going to get 350 million because I thought that the Rangers were the team to give someone that $325 million contract for a shortstop. They gave it to Corey Seager. The Cubs, you know, they signed in Dalton Simmons to the $4 million deal. I mean, that was just hilarious, by the way. Like the Cubs fans, were, except that was the most Yankee thing ever when you're expecting Carlos Correa, then you get in Dalton Simmons. But back to the back to the Carlos Correa thing. I'm looking across the 30 teams. Who has 300 plus million and needs a short sup right now? You could say the Cubs. Cardinals, maybe. Car but we talked with Katie Wu. They don't want to. Yeah. They don't want to spend the money. They're already spending ten million on Paul DeYoung. They believe in Edmundo Sosa. It could it be the Phillies are that team to do it? But they have Bryson Stott coming up. Like there's all of these different factors here. But and you said it best on your tweet that a team that plans for their prospects to do well is a team that might end up not being very successful yeah exactly right like if you're planning for your prospects to like, oh i don't want to block our guys that are coming up because you know they're going to come up and they're going to be great so let's not add to the big league roster because i don't want to uh, block them that's a very very bold assumption so i'm curious to see what they do because at the end of the day i love bryson stott but what if he comes up and struggles I would be surprised because I like Bryson Stott, but I wouldn't be shocked. It's a, he's a prospect. prospect. Yeah, he's Who a prospect. knows what's going to happen?
Um, so I could see the Phillies decide to go for it, but do they have the money for that? I, I don't know. I don't know what their financial situation is. So I think it's a very valid point, Pete, that it's just like, who is going to shell out the money? Somebody will, I think, ultimately, but that might be part of the reason why they're interested in the one-year deal is take the one-year deal and now more teams will have openings maybe next year in the shortstop situation. I think right now it's never going to be more barren because you already had Seagerland on the big deal. You have story on the market as well, which I think teams could talk themselves into for much cheaper. If he takes the one-year deal, performs well again, who knows what other teams might be on the market for a shortstop. And I think that might be part of the reason why they're kicking the tires on it too, because of your point that the market may not be as hot for a $300 million shortstop as maybe they thought it would be. This is pure speculation, pure speculation. But Trey Turner is a free agent after next year. You know? Yeah. I'm curious. That's the only one I was thinking about. That's what I'm, that's, that's where I come in where it's like, all right, maybe they're viewing him as their guy next year. But then again, like Trey Turner is arguably better. I, I think he's better than Carlos Correa. I would take Trey Turner over Carlos Correa. I think he's a better player. I mean, the guy led the entire league at F4 and and won the batting title and like hit almost 30 runs. I mean, he's phenomenal too. He's not the defender that Carlos Correa is, but he's still solid. He's good. And he's he's versatile too. You can play him in second too. I mean, you can play Correa wherever. He's he's the best shortstop. When you're the best shortstop, you can play wherever, but you don't want to move him from shortstop. You can't can't play Correa at second because I think he'd take the first baseman's head off. Yeah. Could you imagine a full speed throw from Correa at second? Terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. I mean, I played first base in high school and like, you know, high school guys are even throwing it over hard. When they're zipping it. it No, not doing that. But. So that's where I'm at with Carlos Correa. I, I've heard that the Tigers are still involved. You know, they offered that 10-year, $275 million deal to Correa earlier before the lockout happened, which he did not accept. I'm curious if maybe they'd be interested in doing that again. Remember, they already signed Javier Baez, of course, but Javier Baez can play second base. You know, they still need help up the middle. Nico Goodrum is now gone. He's on the <laughs> Astros now. I mean, it's not like that matters that much, but he is gone. So, you know, they still could realistically use that middle infielder. But I just, I, and the Yankees are not going to get him. I mean, the Yankees have already declined that no. 300 million. They're not going to get him. No. And unless the Yankees give him $50 million over one year, I guess, if they're waiting for Volpe, I just, I simply don't know where Carlos Gray is going. Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad the Yankees are, aren't just throwing money around because they should just be extending judge. Right. And I think they that's should. the decision they had to make because, I mean, you can't sign Correa and extend judge. I know, I know you want to spend money, but that that's where you're probably over the tax threshold at that point. Like you're way over, you're, you're way over. So I, I think that that's the focus, right. Is, is you have to extend judge. And, and I think that's the, the right decision to make. Uh, the interesting thing on the Dodgers too, is we talk about not blocking prospects and that's definitely uh, something that I would never factor into my decision-making uh, unless you have that generational guy that's close to big league ready. Like I can understand the Yankees not wanting to block Volpe with an eight year deal. I could get that. Uh, but when you look at the Dodgers, their farm system's phenomenal, but they don't have any shortstops coming up anytime soon. So that's a situation where you are looking at it and you're like, okay, well, we don't have anybody even that potentially looks like they'll be playing shortstop anytime soon for us. I think they could either talk themselves into extending Trey um, or, maybe they're trying it now. And if Trey sounds just as expensive, maybe they go the Correa route. That's a team that I think makes the most sense, especially if they miss on Freeman. I wouldn't be surprised if Freeman is the shoe to drop and then we see Correa. And if they miss on Freeman, 
which now I, I I'm seeing more teams get involved here with Freeman. I'm excited to talk about him because now all of a sudden a new teams added to the fold here. I, I, I could see the Dodgers ponying up and, and going to get Carlos Correa. It just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be this year. It wouldn't be this year. You think they might do it this year? I, I could see anything, man. I, Honestly, they, if let's say they don't get Freeman, they were planning on spending big money there. And now they add him into the fold. Trey Turner is going to be off the books next year. Justin Turner is going to be off the books next year. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it Kershaw's off the books next year. They will have Jansen off the books very soon uh, or is off the books. We'll see if they bring him back. I don't think they will. So that's more money cleared up. I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm very, very interested to see what they do. Uh, but I, I will never right? rule. The Trey Turner's rule. coming off the books next year. It's interesting. It's very yeah. interesting. And then you look at the farm system, no shortstops. The Dodgers, they don't care about payroll. They're willing to drop 300. Correa seems like a guy who would fit in their system as well. Could, seems could like you imagine Dodger. that middle infield oh, of Correa, Correa and Turner? Because they they don't believe, I don't think they believe in Gavin Lux. I just don't think, I don't think so. Either. Because like, why are you in on Freddie Freeman to move Max Muncy then to second base? Like that's clear that they don't want to do that. So you're right. If they miss out on Freddie Freeman, don't be surprised if Carlos Correa ends up being a Los Angeles Dodger. So let's talk about Freddie Freeman. Who are the teams connected? Well, the Dodgers are. They're clear. <laughs> That's the Dodgers have, have put in uh, multiple multi-year deals. That's the only tweet we get, that they're offering multi-year deals. But who the hell is it offering a multi-year deal to Freddie Freeman? But the other teams involved, the entire AL East has put in offers for Freddie Freeman. The Yankees have put in offers. The Blue Jays have been aggressively pursuing Freddie Freeman as well. The Red Sox have now jumped into the mix. And the Tampa Bay Rays yeah, what the deciding hell? that they want to spend. And I love that. But the new team, the new team that has jumped into the mix for Freddie Freeman, that is the San Diego Padres. They are aggressively pursuing Freddie Freeman, and they are aggressively shopping Eric Hosmer and Will oh. Myers. And Jack and I talked about this yesterday. Of course, they are aggressively yeah. shopping Will Myers and Eric Hosmer. I mean, of course, they're just holes. But if they can clear that up, I don't think a Freddie Freeman signing would send them in past the luxury tax. But if they don't get rid of Hosmer and Myers, because if they get rid of Hosmer, Freddie Freeman might cost $30 million a year that still is going to send you over the luxury tax because they're currently around 200 million. They might be on the precipice of the luxury tax if they get rid of Hosmer and sign Freddie Freeman. But regardless, if they sign Freddie Freeman, they're going to be really close to that. It's hard for me to believe that he goes to San Diego, but I know that they are pursuing him. But right now, those are the final six teams. But of course, the way we've been doing this, he's probably not going to sign with any of them, is he? <laughs> No, of course not. There's going to be a magical <laughs> ghost team that comes in and, and snags them. Uh, but, you know, we saw the Reds, and, and I still think that Hosmer and Myers deals are more difficult to move, uh, potentially. We just saw the Reds dump Eugenio Suarez somehow yeah. uh, and, his, and his contract, which is the, the least bit desirable. I don't know how you move Hosmer or Myers without attaching a prospect. Yeah, you're going to have Myers to. is at least decent, yeah. right? Like Myers can swing it and, and you know, he's still 31. Uh, there's maybe some teams out there that would want to Will Myers, but I just don't see how you're clearing up that 20 million and 20 million for this upcoming season. I don't know how they do it. If they can find a way 
then by all means, they should, they should go and try to find a way to do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think the money's going to be too tight for them. And we're, we're going to have to see AJ Preller get really creative. What's interesting though, is Hosmer's contract goes, it was front loaded. So it goes back down to 7 million or down by 7 million to 13 million next year. And Will Myers has a club option for next year as well, which means they would have 27 million off the books next season. I assume they would decline Will Myers' uh, club option. I don't know. Maybe they yeah. want to bring him back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's bring him back for 20. Um, so that's 27 mil that's opened up, which is about what the AAV would be. So maybe they bite the bullet and they say, we deal with it this year. This is the only way we're going to keep up with the Dodgers. Maybe they go trade Drew Pomerantz and his six or $8 million. They they move some, some money here and there uh, and get under. And they're okay. I, I think with the money coming off the books ahead, they might be able to justify it for one year. I would love to see him in San Diego. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Think about it. Fernando Tatis Jr. goes down with a wrist injury and the Padres are immediately involved. Who is the GM just crazy enough to give Freddie Freeman the sixth year that he really wants. Because remember, he's been holding out from the Braves, been holding out from the Dodgers, Yankees. He wants the sixth year. They've all been offering three, four, five-year deals, high AAVs, but he wants that sixth year. I think he's looking for six for 180. And who's going to give it to him? Who's crazy enough to do it? It might be AJ Preller and San Diego Padres. And it it wouldn't be crazy to do it because Freddie Freeman is the perennial beast. I mean, he's, you know, if he's not the best first baseman, he's the second. If he's not second, he's third. Like, no doubt he is a perennial stud. So, and he's still just 32. You'd get him until you're 38. You got the DH now in the NL. You got the DH in the NL. And Freddie Freeman, I mean, how how many better hitters do you think are going to age than Freddie Freeman? He's going to age. He's going to age just fine. Age, yeah, like, he might hit 300. Not dependent. He's not dependent on massive power. No, right? Right. He, he, he's, a, he's to me is a line drive hitter who hits home runs. Like that, that's what Albert Pujols always self-described himself. He would always say, I'm a line drive hitter who hits home runs. Like Freeman's a hitter before hitter. he is a power hitter. He's a, he's a hitter. hitter. And I think he's going to age just fine. Um, I, I would happily give him six if if that's what it takes to keep him from the Dodgers too. I mean, the Padres yeah. already made that mistake of letting Scherzer go to the Dodgers, right? And, and obviously now it's okay. He, he ended up going with the Mets, but you know, that was a team that was looking to get him too. And he ends up going to the Dodgers. Uh, they could have potentially gotten Trey Turner too in the fold and, and the Dodgers side, both those guys. So I, I think if it's, if it's a competition here, you got to go with the extra year and try to pull him away from your division rival. And uh, I think Preller kind of feels the pressure a little bit now, especially as you mentioned with Tatis out for three months, they can't do this thing all over again. They can't, they can't struggle like they did last year and try to piece it together, trying to get through these injuries. I don't think Preller is interested in doing that again. And doesn't it feel like AJ Preller over most GMs feels the pressure more than other guys? Like something happens to him and he's right back in to another yeah. free agent. For Antis Jr. Rao, he's in. And we're going to talk about the rest of free agents too. The Padres have made moves on some other of these guys. But next on the list, oh, before, um, we're currently live on TikTok right now. Uh, and we'll also, you can also watch this, of course, on YouTube. People are calling Freddie Freeman the Tom Brady of baseball for the way he's going to age which I kind of like. <laughs> I kind of like that. That's funny. Um, I feel uh, like I do think Brady Freeman's well. a champ. I really do. I yeah, agree. I can't believe Brady's back, by the way. That, that 
that happened while I was recording with Jack. I just, who retires for 40 days? Anyway, I see. I'm, I'm on the opinion that he's the goat of goats and he can do it. Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. Also, our, our guy Sam Lucchini had a great tweet that um, Brady's retirement lasted longer than the MLB lockout. Or the lockout lasted longer than the lockout Brady's lasted retirement. than Brady's yeah. retirement. Yep, it did. It, it literally did. did. That is Trevor insane. Story. Trevor Story. New news today about Trevor Story. He turned down a nine-figure deal Ooh. from a team asking him to switch positions. <laughs> and the these team guys, has, these shortstops, bro. These shortstops are egomaniacs. Egomaniacs, but for good reason. It's Trevor Story, and I think I know exactly who the team is. It hasn't been put out. I think it's the Red Sox who did it. Interesting. I think it's the Red Sox who did it. They have Bogarts. They have already been. They're one of the main three teams. You go to MLB trade rumors. You go to Pass and you go to Rosenthal. The Red Sox have been in on Trevor Story, and I think that Heimblum came to Trevor Story and said, "Hey, we're going to give you 120 million, 160 million, whatever we're going to give you, and we want you to move over to second base. Maybe we want you to move over to third base. We're going to move around the infield." And I think he said no. Remember, that's all speculation. This is just the team with the shortstop already that's been most connected to him. I don't think that the Mariners did it and then were like, no, J.P. Crawford is our shortstop of the future. (laughs) So that's why it felt like it was the Red Sox who did that. What do you think about that? The Red Sox aren't a bad guess. And I I, I would say Red Sox or Mariners. Mariners, speculation. I I think it could be the Mariners just because they're weirdly obsessed with J.P. Crawford. I know they are. (laughs) So I, that's the only reason, because I, I agree with you. Right. It, it, I totally agree with you. Like, I would never let I, – I remember thinking, no way is J.P. Crawford stopping them from getting Trevor Story. And then they literally said, J.P. Crawford is stopping us from getting a legit shortstop. Um, and not that he's not a legit shortstop, but, like, an impactful, impactful yeah, shortstop. Yeah, like he's bad, you know. I could see the Mariners being like, sorry, J.P.'s here. We want you at second. And at that point, if I'm Trevor Story, I'm like, kick. you can kick yeah. rocks. Yeah, I, I am not yeah. playing second base while J.P. Crawford plays short. I understand J.P.'s better defensively, but Is I don't he? care. I Yeah, I guess. Last year, like, Story wasn't great defensively, but Story – he, he made his money off of being such a phenomenal defender. He's over had a really George. good season. JP yeah. had a great defensive season last year, but I, I would, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that JP Crawford is definitely better than Trevor Story defensively. Uh, the Mariners probably are. Yeah, they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Depoto loves JP Crawford. So I think it's got to be one of those two teams. I mean, how many other teams are, are looking to give him nine figures and not putting him at shortstop? I can't really think of any other teams. And the ironic thing about the Red Sox, though, is, is it's kind of a similar thing there where it's like, okay, I know Xander Bogarts is, is incredibly special offensively. But if you're playing second base and watching Xander Bogarts play worse shortstop than you, that's also really frustrating because Xander Bogarts, like I think Trevor Story would be getting to balls that – Bogart should be getting to it short from second base. Like that's how much more range he has than him. So it it, it definitely is frustrating if that if it's either of those two teams. But at the same time, like how many teams are going to offer Trevor Story nine figures? I I don't know. It's kind of the same thing with Correa, like we were talking about. How many teams are that need a shortstop that are going to give him a hundred plus mil? The Phillies that might be more in their ball game financially, and that's one that I think could make sense. I still love Stott, but you know, like we said, we're not just going to block prospect. Like we're not worried about blocking prospects. Here's one more team that I think could have made that deal. Do you think the San Diego Padres might have made that deal? Mm. Could they have moved Jake Cronenworth to the outfield? 
maybe move Jake Cronenworth to first base, get Hosmer out of there, and him be the second baseman. I Yeah, I would move Cronenworth to first and then try to dump Profar, and you have Hassan Kim as, the, as like the, the roaming infielder. That's not a bad one either. That's not a bad one either. And if they're in on Freeman, it's around the same amount of money. It's probably a little bit cheaper. And if you think about it from this standpoint, you're essentially doing the same thing you'd be doing in adding Freeman, right? Because you're moving Cronenworth second, and then you're adding the offense at second base, which is, you know, uh, Trevor Story versus just adding Freddie Freeman to first base. It's the same kind of addition uh, of production. I, that's another one. I, that, that one makes sense. I, I don't know how many other teams outside of those three. Speculating. It's just yeah. these, this, this is what makes sense to me. And I, but, really and I think others. and I think the idea that Trevor Story would sign a prove it deal is gone. No way. It seems yeah, gone. I, 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 another guy that you know, especially after a bit of a down year, uh, I don't know if I don't know if he wants to just yeah do it in a new environment away from Coors and do a prove it deal. Eh. I think he wants. I don't to think take he wants contract. to risk that. I don't think he it's wants a lot of to pressure risk too. It's a lot yeah. of pressure. He starts, you know, like there's an adjustment period for sure because pitches just Little do order. different things. It's not just about the carry. It's about what the pitches do in terms of how they move. And if he starts poorly in the first two months, now he's feeling the pressure because it's a contract year. It's mounting, it's mounting, it's mounting. If you have a five, six year deal, like you can, you can struggle a little bit. You can, you'll be fine. I mean, like even Lindor, look at Lindor. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, there's no way he's doing a prove a deal. There's no way. Another guy who's definitely not doing a prove a deal is Chris Bryant, but the team that he, that has been aggressively pursuing Chris Bryant blows our freaking minds the rockies are aggressively pursuing him and have also been linked to michael conforto and kyle schwarber the freaking colorado rockies who have already signed jose iglesias and chad cool are on the, are on the they're not Bryant done right they're not freaking done i if Chris Bryant signs with the Rockies, I don't know. 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 That makes no sense. It's just, it's so funny because they let, you know, they let Story walk. They trade Arenado and then they're going to spend money. Like they, the money that they're going to spend on Bryant, they could have just spent on Story. So maybe they really believe in Brendan Rodgers. I, I don't know. I believe um, in Brendan Rodgers. Like, I do too, but like, but what? like what? If you, yeah. no matter if you think he's Fernando Tatis Jr., that doesn't mean that the rest of the team is any good. Yeah, I, I that's what's really fascinating to me. You just and, lost and, Sean Gray. You just lost like you're losing guys too. You're not retaining those. If they retain John Gray, I, still, I mean, like that's what I'm wondering. Okay, like okay, so let's look at it from from this perspective. You add Chris Bryant, you and you add Conforto. Because, you know, I think it's 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 Bryant or Schwarber and Conforto. Okay. Let's say you add Chris Bryant and you add Conforto. Now this is a lineup that sounds like Rymel Tapia, Brandon Rogers, in no order, Charlie Blackman, Chris Bryant, Michael Conforto, and then like Elias Diaz and Jose Iglesias and Sam Hilliard. I, I, don't, I don't even know. How is that team competitive? And then you look at the Ow. pitching rotation. I love Herman Marquez. Sensatella is the weird guy that can pitch at Coors. He is good, sort of. Austin Gomber, Kyle Freeland, Chad Cool. Okay. I mean, how it, I, like, I'm happy they're doing this. Me too. Like, I, I, I want to see them not suck. Like, baseball is better when you don't have teams that are just legitimately unwatchable. Agreed. Uh, but 
yeah, like what's what's the play here? What's what's the five year plan? How does this team become competitive and good soon? Signing a thirty year old, signing a guy that's twenty eight, and saying let's go. I just don't know how they do it, but I hope they do. Like I, I think it's kind of funny. Too. I think I think dude, Chris Bryant could hit forty there. Like he could legit hit forty there. Um, I hope they get Pujols more than anything. I need Pujols. I need Pujols in course. I need him there. Um, he might get seven hundred there, but yeah, I, I don't really get it. I don't get it. I think they really believe in CJ Crone uh, being a guy that can just produce for them, which I think he can. He's like built for cores. But yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't know how they do it. I don't. I don't know what the, what the angle is. But let's let's see what happens. I guess. And and we both agreed that Chris Bryant to the Mariners made all the sense in the world. But what they decided to do was get Jesse and Winker and A. Eugenio Suarez, which is, I was talking to Jack. It's kind of the same version of Chris Bryant, like in a way. Like you just got two players that kind of do A. Eugenio Suarez could give you the power. Jesse Winker gives you the bat to ball skills. I don't know. You just but basically they shored up what they were wanting from Chris Bryant. They wanted yeah. the third baseman to play in the outfit as well. They got A. Eugenio Suarez and they got Jesse Winker. So he's probably not going to Seattle anymore. Now the Phillies make the most sense in the world, but the Phillies have not been aggressively pursuing Chris Bryant like the Rockies have. We haven't really heard the Phillies. We've heard a couple rumors here and there, but no big offers from the Philadelphia Phillies, even though that probably makes the most sense. You know, you could play him at third, maybe give Alec Bohm some time to play DH. You can then put Chris Bryant in the outfield because now they have Mickey Moniak and Matt Veerland. Like, that's not an outfield. And I know they no. just got Odebel Herrera as well. But that's that's not an outfield. Like, you have Bryce Harper and that's it. Those are non-MLB starters, even on, like, a mediocre team. And if you want to be a great team, those guys cannot be in your lineup. So Chris Bryant to the Phillies makes the most sense to me. Have you heard anything about Chris Bryant? I haven't really, besides the Rockies. The Ro- That's weird. It's funny because we're seeing so many more teams get tied to so many players, but it seems to be pretty quiet on the quiet. Chris Bryant front, uh, which is interesting because he can play corner outfield. He can play third. Uh, he can really play anywhere for you. And you have the universal DH now. Um, not that he's a DH candidate because of his versatility, but it's just another spot for, for a bat. I, I really am curious what, you know, what the market looks like for him. I would love to have seen him in Milwaukee or something like that. Like that's a difference maker for yep. them, but it just doesn't sound like they're going to shell out that kind of money for him. And he's another guy that would really benefit from that environment there. I also, I'm not an Alex Bregman fan. So like I would have loved him in, in Houston because he can roam around a little bit, but we know they're going to stick with Bregman there. How about the Rangers? Uh, will the Rangers commit any more money to that infield? Josh Young's out for season. That's and thing. I know you don't want to, we talk about blocking, well, this is a perfect example of why you don't worry about blocking guys because the Rangers want to be competitive now and they were ready for Josh Young to be able to contribute ASAP. Now he can't, he's coming back from a labrum surgery, but when he comes back, you put him in corner outfield. You can put Chris Bryant in corner outfield there. And I think he'd be, he'd be great there. That's another team that you know, I think could be a possibility. I really struggle to, to find another fit outside of, Again, all the teams that I see him a fit for, I see outfield, right? Like Guardians, the Guardians, I would love him in the outfield. There's no love shot it. he's playing third. They've got a decent guy over there. Where else is he going? Like how many other fits are there? The Mets are a possibility for anybody on earth. Uh, yeah. But yeah. outside of that, I, I think the Phillies make the most sense because they've clearly 
made their hesitation around Alec Bohm pretty evident yeah. uh, and in their interest in Matt Chapman, right? Like they inquired on Matt Chapman. Well, if you're inquiring on Matt Chapman, you got to have some level of interest in Chris Bryant. So I'm, I think that could be one of the options. I just cannot believe that the Rockies are doing that. <laughs> I just cannot believe that. But just going back to your Mets example for a second, the Mets are, of course, definitely still interested. They've they've called um, the A's again about Matt Chapman. They're, they're in on the third base market. But I just, they must be trading J.D. Davis. Or, yeah, and, yeah. I, and they must be doing that. And Eduardo Escobar, they signed to be their third baseman. But I don't, you know, maybe he's not exactly in the cards, but you did give him a multi-year deal. I mean, that's a guy you're probably going to play third. And then in the outfield, there really is no spot, you know, with Nimmo, Canna, and Marte, but they do have the DH. So I guess it could make sense for Chris Bryant. It is the Mets. They, you know, it's Steve Cohen and his billions and billions of dollars. You know, he, he went way over the luxury tax, $290 million payroll. He probably made that $290 million this week from his hedge fund. Well, yes, this morning. Yeah, exactly. like, you, like, That's the craziest but part I, of I it. I just, I cannot see the Mets. I just... No, it it doesn't make sense. The Rangers, though, that's interesting. But then again, the Rangers should be kind of still connected to everyone because they still have a bunch of holes left. The Rangers is the one I probably like the most because of – Over the Phillies? Rangers are the Phillies. Phillies. Yeah, yeah. Phillies, too, because now the Phillies lose an outfielder. Um, You know, and and again – Alec Bohm, if Alec Bohm performs, if he's back to that rookie year Alec Bohm, then you move Chris Bryant to the outfield. If Alec Bohm stinks again, you now just stick him at third, and it's pretty easy to go find a corner outfield bat, or they might be able to piece it together themselves out there. So I I would probably power rank it Phillies number one and Rangers number two fit-wise, because also the Rangers, they have some question marks in their outfield. I don't love their outfield situation. It's kind of like borderline failed prospects and a breakout guy in Adolis Garcia. I, I, I would love to see either of those teams go get him. Um, I, I really think if, if you have a situation where you have somebody that you can move, if one of your young guys performs, that's ideal. You can move them to the corner outfield if Bohm performs. And it's a similar thing with the Rangers. If, if Young comes back end of this year and is actually ready to go and contribute – which is unlikely, but even next year, if he comes back and he's just gangbusters, then you just move Brian to the outfield. And I think both of those teams could really benefit from the versatility. They answer a short-term question and also have the, the backup plan long-term to still get a ton of use and value out of Chris Bryant. Let's talk Nick Castellanos. He's been <laughs> connected to the Padres, but the reason I bring him up now is because he's also been connected to the Marlins. And I want you to give the full story on what's been happening with the Marlins because the Marlins are looking for bats, but it appears that Nick Castellanos is not the bat that they are looking for. Yeah. So that's a guy Jeter really wanted. Um, And which makes sense because I think (laughs) I tweeted this, but it was like, it makes sense that Derek Jeter wants to put together the worst defensive outfield of all time, basically, Uh, because it was going to be like Castellanos, Avi Garcia and Jesus Sanchez, which would have been just brutal. And Castellanos is, is a really good player. Uh, we know how much he benefited from from Great American Ballpark. I still think he's a great hitter, but going from Great American to Lone Depot is a big jump. He's not great defensively, and uh, Florida native. I, I, yeah, Florida native was was in South Florida native was the big tie, and, and he wanted to come to the Marlins because he's a local, and the Marlins weren't interested at the price tag. Uh, and I think he was he was part of the reason why I think Jeter was out because I think Jeter we know is reportedly super into Castellanos and the Marlins ownership and and other pieces, uh, you know, at the helm there were like, 
I'm sorry, Derek. I don't know about that one. Um, you know, I, I really wonder who's willing to shell out 150 million. Like we think he's going to get over seven years. I like Castellanos, but are you willing to do that for a guy that's probably going to be a DH halfway through that contract already is arguably a DH candidate now. I think he is. Um, and, and his power dependent, like his power is a little bit dependent on his environment. We've seen that for years and years and years. America. He, he's going to be a great addition to whoever picks him up. But I think he's one of those guys that has to be the right fit for the right team. I love him in Boston. I, and I'm sorry, but I love him in Boston. I oh could God. see him playing pepper with yeah. that wall. With oh, yeah. that green monster. And, and I mean, that's that's a part that's second most hitter friendly, according to Park Factor. Big doubles guy, big gaps. I think he will eat there. Um, and I, that's the fit for me. I know they've been interested in him. And again, it's kind of one of those things where we have to see where some of the other shoes drop. But let's say that Freeman goes elsewhere, especially if he goes in the AL East. Then I think we saw all of a sudden see a full court press. Uh, for guys like Castellanos, but I just Castellanos isn't up there with everybody else. So I feel like he's going to, he's going to come to a decision or he's going to sign after these main guys first. At least that's what I think. My thing is, I feel like Nick Castellanos is not a Heim Bloom guy. You know what I'm saying? Like with yeah, our worries about him, I feel like he's also having worries. And I don't, I just don't think the Red Sox are going to be the team to give him seven years, 150. If his market comes down, then it would make a lot of sense. Like if they can grab him at a steal, maybe like a five, six year deal for 20 AAV, that, that could be something like six years, 120 or five years for a hundred. It's probably not going to happen because that's just a big discount, but then it makes sense for the Red Sox. But I just don't feel like Haim is going to be the guy to overspend for a guy like Nick Castellanos. That's why in my article that I wrote on justbaseball.com, I, profiling Seiya Suzuki. Seiya Suzuki felt yeah, like the high guy, right? Like mm-hmm. the the diamond in the rough, the only going to cost $10 million a year. The guy who they maybe think can be an impact bat in their lineup immediately. I mean, I compared him to Hideki Matsui because coming over from the MPB, Hideki Matsui had a little bit more power than Seiya Suzuki, but you had a Seiya Suzuki who finished with a 170 WRC plus in the MPB, Hideki Matsui, 168. So if they can be kind of similar players, remember Hideki Matsui, when he came over, he was a 280 hitter, around 25 home runs a year, 100 RBIs. I We can see that from Seiya Suzuki. I don't think that's that out of the realm of possibility. And the defense, and the defense is already better than Nick Cassianos. Remember Seiya Suzuki, and we're already getting into him, so might as well just start talking to him, Seiya Suzuki. The teams that have been most connected are the Red Sox, the – Padres have been pursuing Remember, Seiya Suzuki was a guy who um, came out and he said, I haven't made my decision because the Padres already said that they basically got him. But he was like, no, I am not signed with San Diego Padres yet, but the giants are still on him. The blue Jays are still on, on him. Apparently the Mariners are in on him, but I don't think that's going to happen anymore. No way. Now, now that they got Winker, I just don't see it. And then the Rangers, like you said, they are looking for that corner outfield bat. So things are picking up. It's so I have one thing because I totally agree that Cassianos is not your typical Heim Bloom guy, but JD Martinez will not be a Red Sox that much longer, right? I mean, he's already what 34 years old. That's a guy that I honestly always forget how old he is. There's certain guys that I you could convince me they're any of three ages. JD's 34. And he'll be 35 in August. I believe he's under contract. Yes, I'm literally searching it as we're talking. I think this is his last year, right? 
yeah, he, he's a free agent in 2023. So I, maybe there's a scenario where they're like, okay, we're not planning on bringing JD back. And uh, Castellanos kind of turns into that JD. He's pretty darn similar to him Very in terms similar. of the way that they hit their doubles guys that, that run into homers. Uh, I, I could see that. That's the only way it's justifiable for me is if they know that JD's gone, then they're like, okay, Castellanos is kind of the next man up that's going to fill that role. Only way it makes sense to me. If they come out and they say, which won't happen, I'm sure we'll find out about Castellanos before, but let's say we knew JD was staying, like they were going going to extend JD, then I'd be like, no shot. Because yeah, I agree. He's not he's not the guy that really fits into that outfield. But they did get JBJ, who offers a lot of defense. And maybe, just maybe, Heim will stray from the beaten path because of those reasons. But I, I still, I agree. I mean, I don't know if he's a prime fit uh, for the Red Sox, but you never know. You never know. With Seiya, he seems like a way better fit. Uh, that's a guy that I think, you know, he, he does a little bit of everything. It's not like they desperately need 40 home runs in that lineup, um, especially with Casas presumably coming up soon, whatever they get out of Dalbeck too. I don't think they desperately need uh, big time power. Seiya gives you power, but it gives you a lot more. And, and I could see Heim Bloom gravitating towards that. I have a weird thing with him being, I feel like he could go to the Giants still too. I don't know why. Agreed. He just no. seems like such a good fit there too. Agreed. I think it's either going to be the Giants or the Red Sox, or I think it's going to be the Padres. But the reason why I was so heavy on the Red Sox is because not only does Seiya Suzuki have a great relationship with former Red Sox reliever Koji Uihara, they're like really good friends. And they even had a podcast where he was asking about it. And he's like, have you told them about the Red Sox yet? And Seiya Suzuki kind of smiled and kind of blushed a little bit. He follows the Red Sox on social media. Apparently, he's a big believer in Xander Bogarts' swing. He says he's the guy who he always watches. It makes sense. Smart. Xander Bogarts is one of the best hitters in baseball. <laughs> smart. <laughs> um, it's, it is smart. So that's just why it feels like that to me. And that's why maybe Conforto could end up being a giant because it's clear that the Giants need to make a move for a corner outfielder. But the teams that have reportedly checked in on Michael Conforto, the Phillies, the Padres, and you're not going to believe this, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, and the Marlins have all checked in on Michael Conforto. So when I look across those five teams, Phillies scream the loudest, not only because of their need for an outfielder like we've been harping on, but the fact that Michael Conforto rakes at Citizens Bank. I said that on the last podcast. I've just been saying that the entire time. You look up at his stats at Citizens Bank. I think it's like one of his best parks he hits at in his, you know, throughout his entire career. And hitters the know Phillies, that, man. Like they, they know that, know that Phillies, shit. Phillies want to steal something from the Mets, right? They want to be the team. The Michael Conforto had a down year with the New York Mets. The Phillies, all right, we'll grab him and we'll make him good again. That's, I feel like, that's the most momentum, but the Padres are certainly in. They The Padres are in on all of these bats. They need bats right now. But the Diamondbacks, I mean, what's going on there? The Diamondbacks are proactive. There is a freaking report that the Diamondbacks are aggressively pursuing Michael Conforto. That's a real thing that's happening. I, what What is, like, again, I'm not going to complain about this because we've talked about how annoying it is that teams just mail it in. Like, I love this. But at the same time, sometimes I just don't get it. And the funny thing about the, the D-backs is, you know, they have Alec Thomas, who should be up on opening day. Uh, Corbin Carroll is not too, too far away. 
Um, I, yeah, I don't see Conforto going there. I don't get it um, at all. Unless, unless they're trying on like a one-year deal and just want to flip him. Like I think Melanson, it made sense just because like a, Melanson wanted to get the most money he could get. Maybe they offered him the most money and they knew they weren't going to pay him on the second year of the deal because they'll flip him at the deadline. That makes sense. Kennedy as well. I don't really, I don't really understand this one. What's funny about Conforto is that he, you know, he was bad last year still a 106 wrc plus like yeah, he bad. still walks so much he's still a productive hitter i also look at him as a boris client who what is the one thing boris does he puts his hitters in environments where they rake so that they can get a bigger deal the next year like they, I, we saw it with cassianos <laughs> we've, we've seen it several times i mean why not throw him in citizens bank have him rake on a three-year four-year deal he'll be 32 on the other side of it 33 on the other side of it and can get another contract after that i think the phillies make make the most sense as well like they're gonna get i really think the phillies are gonna get one of conforto bryant one of those guys but i, I think there, there's a legitimate chance that the marlins end up bringing Conforto into that's a guy that they've seen up close and personal. The Marlins need a bat. We, we hear them tied to Solaire, but you know, I know they do really like Conforto and what he brings and they want less swing and miss. Conforto is a guy that keeps the strikeout right in the low twenties and walks a ton to offset it. I, I would love to see him in Miami. Uh, but you know, I, I think, I think Philadelphia sounds like the best fit Philadelphia or San Diego. Breaking news. Oh, Colin God. McHugh is a brave. Uh, <laughs> the it's a good pickup. It's a good, it pickup. Is a good pickup. That, like we're laughing. That's a good pickup. I and mean, we, we, we saw how dirty he was last year. I, that's a good pickup. It really is for the Braves. They do. They make another one of these smart moves. Colin McHugh, one of the best free agent relievers on this market. Bang. He's a brave. I, I like that. I like that. And, and I mean, that, that's a team that I think really wants to build the bullpen up. They seem to do a good job of identifying arms. McHugh is good. And, and another thing that I don't know if we caught this before we started recording. Did you see the White Sox? are discussing Sean Manaya and Frankie Montas with the A's. That's according to John Heyman. And here's my thing with that, because I think this is, this is one of the good final topics here is, how the hell do they get him? <laughs> how the hell do they get what either of those guys? It's the worst have. farm system in baseball. Yeah, like, it's, I, kind it's of horrible. a lot. They'd have to I, trade like Jake Berger and some of the young guys. Like, I guess maybe they could put something they together. could get they could get Manaya. Manaya is not going to be that expensive he's a fine pitcher he's good like I, I saw the Yankees were also connected to Sean Manaya as well he's a fine pitcher yeah, he's yeah. not Frankie Montas he's not even Chris Bassett he's good I don't think he's going to be that expensive I think Berger would probably do it maybe a filler I, I Sean Manaya is not and remember, Sean Manai is low-key sort of old. I think he's yeah, no, he's, he's deceptively old. Deceptively old. So <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to be that expensive. Also, uh, if we're just talking about the A's, because we have a couple more guys to finish. We have Kenley Jansen and Kyle Schwarber, but we can talk about the A's for a second. Matt Chapman is certainly going to be traded, it seems yeah. like. Um, Frankie Montas is definitely on the trade block. Sean Manai, again, is on the trade block. Uh, Ramon Laureano is certainly on the trade block. Do you think that the Marlins should go after Ramon Laureano? Because that's where I feel like that makes the most sense in the world. Yeah. You got the huge ballpark in Miami. He's a really talented player. Good bat. I mean, not a great bat, honestly, but a good bat good will bat. lock down center field for you guys. That seems like the best move for the Marlins. Uh, it's it's one that I've been asking for for a while, honestly. That's one that I've been I've been really I think is just a perfect fit. And uh, I mean, you talk about the defense out there uh, in a really big park. He's not going to light it up offensively, but that's a that's a bat that helps your lineup compared to what they've been getting from their outfield in the past. 
And I don't think he'd be the most ridiculously steep. I think they could attain him without even trading Max Meyer. Uh, so I, I, it's really interesting. We have not really heard anything. I've asked Craig Mish point blank and Craig Mish was like, look, it could be happening. I just don't know about it. And usually if Craig Mish doesn't know about it, it's probably not happening or it's uh, when not it comes to the about really at all. Like it could be a thought, but it's not being talked about. Yeah. You know? It hasn't, it hasn't been pursued to any major degree. That's the thing with the Astros one is that apparently around Houston, around camps, people are, uh, that's all they're talking about is the fact that Korea might sign a one-year deal again with them. Oh my God. Jeremy Pena is like, no. Jeremy Pena is like, damn it. And his baseball card is plummeting currently. Yeah, just, just <laughs> like right now. People are going to start chirping me like, you told me to buy this card. But the last A that I want to talk about with you is Sean Murphy. And I think mm-hmm. he's going to get traded to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I really do think that the Yankees are going to make another move for a catcher. There is no way you can convince me that Ben Rodvert or Rod, how do you say his last name? Do you have any? I have not a freaking clue. I, it's, I know how to spell it. It, or actually I don't now that I'm thinking about There's it. There's no I, way you know I, how to I spell that. I see either. it in my eyes. I, I just know. see a bunch of, a bunch of letters, honestly. It's like R O E D V. Yeah. I think yeah, there's, a, there's a T in there. There's a V for sure. So he's the guy that, that came over in the Gary Sanchez trade. They got Donaldson, they got IKF and this rookie catcher. Apparently, you know, lefty bat can platoon, I guess, with Kyle Higashioka. That is not the starting option for the Yankees. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't way. believe. I don't believe the Yankees are platooning Kyle Higashioka and, and this gentleman that they just acquired. I just, I just don't. I think I a blockbuster. I think I kind of think a combination of Sean Mania and and Sean Murphy will be heading over to the Yankees in a trade. Yankees have been connected to Mania. They've been connected to Sean Murphy. The Yankees and the A's. I mean, if we're talking about trade partners across baseball, those two teams trade with each other. They trade with each other, and They're I know the Yankees really. And the Yankees have, I, I've heard even too, the Yankees have sent scouts to go watch Sean Murphy. They really like him. I really like Sean Murphy. That's a top oh, 10 perfect. catcher, I feel like, in the game. Really he's, good defender, good bat, young, 26, you're right. Still has years of control. That's the move that I think the Yankees are going to make because there's no way him. that they start with that platoon. And I can't fit short. Like, that's not even that good of a team, Arm. No, no. <laughs> no like, think not. about it. That's not the good team. No. Like, if they Sean don't get Murphy Freeman changes. and they roll out, and maybe they get Anthony Rizzo. That's not a good team. No, no, no. They, they need more than that. And then and, and Voight is a big X factor. I'm excited to see what he does. But yeah, I, I really do think that they're going to do something else at the catching position. I really do. Because I, there's nobody really. I mean, I love Austin Wells. We don't even know if he's going to catch, right? So it's not like there's anybody really knocking on the door that's going to save the, the Yankees catching wise. What about the ambidextrous guy? Oh, oh, yeah, the first round pick. Uh, shoot, what was his name again? Who cares? Uh, who cares? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I actually could see Sean Murphy. And like, let's be real, the Yankees have made a lot of trades. That system's still good. That's still good. That's still a good system. You could trade. And I know A's fans have been like, what are we going to do with Oswald Peraza? Who cares? You stockpile shortstops <laughs> if, if you're rebuilding. <laughs> Like stockpile shortstop, you're burning the whole thing down. You're not going to tell me, oh, I don't want Oswald Peraza because we have Nick Allen. Like, no, you will take Oswald, Oswald Peraza. Nick Allen. Yes, correct, correct. And, and you will be happy with, with with Oswald Peraza. He's a very good prospect. Uh, they could get him. They could get both of those guys. Uh, I think at that point the system starts to tick back down to the bottom third of baseball. But again, who cares? You still have the, one of the best prospects in baseball in Volpe. Um, you still have a lot of interesting up and coming guys. The Yankees kill it in IFA. I don't think they give a shit about depleting the farm system. And if you can do it with a controllable catcher like Sean Murphy, you you don't get an opportunity to trade for a 26, 27 year old catcher very often. 
And I could see Brian Cashman capitalizing on this one. That's one that I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to call you a Yankees homer for that one. I think that's a very fair, very fair thought. Um, and, and not that many teams have the, the capital to, to make that happen. I think that need the help at the catching spot. Exactly. And I think what kept the Yankees from Matt Olson was Anthony Volpe. They didn't want to part with him. So I, but I still think, you know, the A's have done their homework on the Yankees prospects. It's been clear. Oswald Peraza yeah. is always the guy being floated. I'm sure Poor they dude. would want him in a deal that would include Sean Murphy and Sean Mania, possibly for Oswald Peraza, maybe another pitching prospect and another filler. But I, I disagree with you. I don't think that it's going to just crush this Yankees farm system as Oswald Peraza graduates. They still have a lot of up and coming guys. Like even a guy like Trey Sweeney is a really, like is a, is a really like exciting young shortstop prospect. Remember he was their first round pick last year. Um, kind of came out of nowhere, but has a really sweet left-handed swing. That's why I don't think that this system is going to be depleted if they get no, rid of Peraza really and a couple of pitchers, but regardless, that's semantics of the thing. But how about a guy, a different guy and a different team in the Yankees division the blue jays are aggressively pursuing kyle schwarber apparently mm-hmm. aggressively aggressively pursuing kyle schwarber don't really get it i get it i just didn't think that they'd be on the forefront because both again the guardians and the phillies have been very connected to kyle schwarber so those seem like the three teams that are most connected but then again wherever freddie freeman signs if the Red Sox don't get Freddie because they've been now connected to Freddie Freeman, maybe they want to go get Kyle Schwarber. That's where the Anthony Rizzo market opens. When Freddie Freeman signs, that's what kind of that's why I was in the in the opinion that Freddie Freeman was going to sign immediately, but he didn't, and it's been waiting. So it's interesting. What do you think about Kyle Schwarber? I, I there's one thing I will say for sure because we talk about the fits for Conforto, we talk about some of these other fits. If there's one thing I know for sure, almost <laughs> as close to for sure as possible, and this is talking to other reporters, and there's one thing that has been the most common theme to anybody who, who I really respect and feel like has really good insight, they've been very adamant about how much the Blue Jays want a left-handed bat. Like the Blue Jays want a left-handed bat more than any team has ever wanted a left-handed bat in the history of the world. And there's some good ones on the market, man. You got Freeman, you've got Schwarber, you've got Conforto. They don't need to trade for one. So I think they're going to get one of them. They're going to get one of them. And dude, you had Schwarber to that lineup. Holy crap. And maybe it's Rizzo. Rizzo. They're getting a left-handed bat. We're talking about four fantastic left-handed bats on the market and the Blue Jays have been tied to almost all of them. They're getting one of these dudes. I don't know who. I don't know which it's going to be. Schwarber, for whatever reason, is like has the most, as Jack would say, like sex appeal. I think just Schwarber fits into that lineup, right? Like you'll get that lineup. It's just a bunch of just dudes that mash. Donkeys. And Schwarber's just a donkey type dude. Yeah. Uh, like like I love Rizzo, but he's but are there too many donkeys? Yeah, Sometimes the lineup can have too many donkeys. The Yankees that might they fell into that boat. Too many donkeys. That might be too many donkeys. Yeah. That's why Conforto maybe makes more sense. But Conforto hasn't really been – I just – the Diamondbacks are – I saw the headline, (laughs) Diamondbacks are aggressively pursuing Michael Conforto. And I was like, Ken Rosenthal even tweeted that out. What's going on? But again – How do you tweet that with a straight face? Exactly. I'm sure he was laughing the entire time. Do you think that the Blue Jays GM room or like in the front office, they're just like – when they're talking about Schwarber, they're like, is this too many donkeys? (laughs) Like, but sir, that's seven donkeys. We need an X donkey stat. (laughs) X donkey, expected donkeys. But like, 
look, they're getting a left-handed bat. I think Conforto is, is a, is a really good fit for them too. I know they want him and I could see them trade, you know, making some trades, shuffling things around. Uh, I know there are people are talking about Vladdy at third. That's interesting. He can't even play first. How's he going to play? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's me. He can. Play no, but he's not great there. Yeah. He's uh, I don't know about Vladdy at third, but, uh, but they're getting their left-handed bat. Uh, that's, that's one I'm willing to bet on right there. And the cream of the crop of the reliever market, Kenley Jansen, is also connected to the Blue Jays. Another team that has checked in on Kenley Jansen, the New York Mets. Those have been the two teams that I've only seen really connected to Kenley Jansen. I'm honestly kind of unsure of his market right now. I assume he wants a three, four-year deal, kind of similar to what Rossell Iglesias signed when he went over the Angels. You know, Liam Hendricks, he wants that type of deal. And you could make the argument that he deserves that type of deal, but... I also, you could also make the argument that he doesn't deserve that type of deal and that any <laughs> team that older. gives him that type of deal is an overpay for him. Yeah, you know, he's just a little inconsistent. I, I really like Kenley. I think he he figured things out at the back end of the year, but he was a little inconsistent. We've seen a bit of a roller coaster. He's a little bit older. You know, I, I think he's going to try and get that. I don't think he does. I think he's closer to three years, 40-ish range, uh, maybe two years, 30-something. But I I think that there's a quiet market for him. Like that's, we talk about a team popping up. I feel like that's a, that's a guy where we see a pop-up team just, just come out of nowhere and snag him who that is. I'm not sure. Ironically, the Marlins have been tied to him. I think the Marlins are trying to sort out the outfield situation before they decide, let's say the Marlins trade for outfield. Now they have more money to put, put towards the bullpen. Maybe that's their splash. I would not expect it, but I know that they've had ties to him in the past wouldn't absolutely shock me, but I, I would probably lean towards him being a Blue Jay because, I mean, right now, as it stands currently constructed, uh, we we were hoping that Merriweather would be the uh, the closer for the, the Jays long-term because that guy throws absolute fuzz. Uh, but, you know, when you look at the Jays situation here in the bullpen, Jordan Romano is phenomenal. Um, you know, they have some other decent pieces, but they could use an experienced guy in the back end there as much as any team, I think, in baseball, given how talented they are. And, I, that's that seems like just the perfect fit. The Mets, it's just, you know, you're shelling out more money for the back end of your bullpen because they have limitless pockets. Uh, but I, I think the fit is best with the Blue Jays because outside of Romano, I mean, who else do they really have that you truly, truly, truly trust? And hasn't that always that been kind of the kryptonite of the Blue Jays? You know, they always had the offense. They had arms. I mean, Robbie Ray won the Cy Young last year. Alec Manoa, they have arms. Nate Pearson, they have arms. It's just in the bullpen. You know, they even go get Kirby Yates not so long ago, but then he goes down with a big injury. So, but what we do know, um, still good on TikTok. Yeah, we're still live on TikTok, people. Um, That L-E underscore penis has (laughs) alerted me that the, the universal DH is still available. So that means that the Braves will get Freddie Freeman. That's from LE underscore penis on TikTok. That's one of my sources. Ooh. Do you find anything? Do you think that's that's AA's burner? Yeah, like Alex Anthopoulos was literally crying. <laughs> press... burner. He was literally crying in a press conference, like tearing up about, about Freddie Freeman. Then he's going to be like, psych we're bringing him back you know like the meme like call an ambulance but not for me like that's literally what it's going to be like he's gone i'm sorry um i know it's harder to accept but lipinus the braves are still great 
The Braves are, the still, Braves are still great. And they got they might be better. Too. They might be better now. And <laughs> they they might extended be better. Matt Olson. I think they might be better. They won a World Series and they might even be better. So that'll do it for Wednesday's episode. We just did the rumor mill. Hopefully on tomorrow's episode, we can talk about some deals. But to be honest with you, speculating sometimes is just as fun. And that's what we were doing here. Just to recap, you know, going down the pipe, Carlos Correa. We think no he might do a one-year deal, possibly to the Dodgers, not far out of the realm of possibility. Freddie Freeman, we know who's connected with him, the Dodgers, the AL East, and the Padres. Trevor Story turned on a nine-figure deal uh, from a team asking to switch positions, and the Twins are definitely very involved with Trevor Story. Chris Bryant, Rockies are pursuing him for some reason. No idea why. Kyle Schwarber, the Blue Jays are making the aggressive push with the Guardians and the Phillies. Kenley Jansen, the Blue Jays and the Phillies, or not, excuse me, the Blue Jays and the Mets have checked in on him. Conforto, Phillies, Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Marlins have all checked in on him. Seiya Suzuki, the Padres have made a big push, but it's still down to the Giants, Red Sox, Padres, Blue Jays, Mariners, um, and Rangers seem to be on the forefront of him. Anything I'm forgetting before we part? No, all, all I have to say is I, I think Trevor Story looks like the perfect fit for the Twins now. I, I love it after these moves they've made. I love the Trevor Story fit, especially after dumping Donaldson's money. Yep. That that's the one. I, if I'm picking one, I think he's going to Minnesota, and I love it. That's going to be a fun team if they get him. They cleared forty-one million dollars in payroll from these deals, and they're arguably better than they and were. Before. Arguably better. I'm, I'm loving what they're doing right now. I agree. And, and, and story would be the, just the cherry on top. And they've got young hitters that can put it together. Talk about Kirilov. I know Miranda is going to be up and, and good. I expect him to contribute right away. We'll see what Larnick can do. Like, this is a fun team. If Buxton's healthy, which is, I think we've said, everybody on earth has said that about 5,000 times, but it, it is a big X factor there. This could be one of baseball's, you know, more fun, trendy teams. And, uh, Go get Trevor Story. Do it. And I think the I twins, think they're doing something here. The Twins were waiting on Royce Lewis, but I don't think they can wait on Royce Lewis anymore, right? Come on. Yeah, I mean, like, look, if, if if he's if Royce Lewis is great, then good. That's great. Yeah, yeah well, you can figure it out then. Like, that's a good problem to have. Well, let's get there first, you know. And that's the thing that Twins fans I've seen say, like, oh, but we got Royce coming up. Royce hasn't played in half a decade. Yeah, like let, let's let's wait and see how things go. I hope he pans out, but like let's let's see. And he's not even a sure, sure fire plus shortstop defensively, anyways. You can move him to second, you can maybe move him to third, whatever. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But I'm excited about the twins, and I'm excited about a lot of these teams kind of making those moves to try to be better and competitive. And uh baseball's gonna be fun this year, man. There's gonna be a lot more parity, I think, across the board. Agreed. And there are a lot more moves to be left. And you can follow all of the moves on our TikTok at just baseball fans on our Instagram at just baseball fans, but especially on our website, just baseball.com. We have a free agency thread that's being updated by our guy, Ryan Ficklestein. So you can follow that on the website, every single thing. And we'll even update you on Twitter as well. You can follow Arm and I, of course, on Twitter. That's in the episode link description, get your just baseball merch. I'm rocking my JB hoodie. Check out the hoodie TikTok. We're still live on TikTok. Check out the hoodie. Arms wearing his just baseball polo. I'm almost ready to say thank you, everybody. But are we forgetting anything before we go again? Because we forgot, kind of forgot to talk about the twins and Trevor Story. Because that might be the real spot that he's going. No, I literally forgot about that until the end. That was the only thing I wanted to get in. Uh, that's literally it. 
but yeah, I'm I'm amped up. It's gonna be a really fun week. We got March Madness. I know you talked about that on Not Gambling Advice with Jack. March Madness plus hot stove equals happy me. So I'm I'm amped up for this next week plus that we have. It's gonna be good for sports. And with that, thank you, everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.